God, you connecting with God to only be something that happens here at church. If you let your relationship with God be something that only happens here at church, you are totally missing all the awesome stuff that you can do to connect with God during the week. So check out your bulletin. There's scriptures to read. There's things to pray for. Uh, there's a verse to learn because knowing God's word is a very big deal. So take notes, take them home with you, enjoy it. That's the deal. So Christmas is. What a fun series we're doing. Uh, I'm so ready for Christmas. We did all the decorating at my house, which, you know, took a long time. We did all the decorating here in the junior high room, which is even more rad. The team totally killed it. The room looks really, really good. Uh, and just getting ready for, you know, what I hope this Christmas season to be. You know, I think I have a lot of things that I hope for. Uh, if you were to have a conversation with me and kind of poke at some of the things I hope for, you know, right now, knowing that my, you know, wife is going to have a baby and that we're going to start this family, I'm hoping that everything stays very healthy and everything's good, uh, that she does not get sick, that the baby doesn't get sick, that everything goes well. I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping uh, that, you know, my travel back to New York to see my mom, she's sick, she has cancer. I think I've talked about that before. And I'm super excited to go home and see her. And I'm hoping that whole trip goes well. I'm hoping Christmas overall goes well. Uh, her, you know, sister, he just started dating this new guy named Danny. Uh, I kind of like him, not too sure though. And he's coming to Christmas. So, you know, it could be, it could turn into like a little bit of, you know, who knows? I'm not sure about this guy. So, you know, I'm hoping that things go really well. You probably have some things you're hoping for as well. You know, I hope this Christmas goes really well. I hope that, you know, maybe there's arguments between family members and friends. I hope those things are solved before Christmas gets here. I hope that I get the chance to have uh, that special side on the table that I just can't wait to eat, and I hope that's part of the Christmas feast. That's what I hope. You know, we, sometimes maybe you have other hopes. Maybe you're getting into this last part of school and you're hoping you make a sports team. I was talking to a kid who's trying out for a basketball team tomorrow. Maybe plays are coming up or dance recitals or whatever, and you're trying out for a part, and you're like, I really want that part in that play. There are things that you guys hope for, too. Now, I was talking to a student uh, yesterday. I went to Target, and this is so cool. I went to Target, and I'm there with my wife. We're walking in to get ugly sweaters. Uh, we didn't find any good ones. But as we were walking in, I saw this student, and he yelled my name. He's like, oh, Justin. I'm like, oh, it's Justin. It is Justin. I'm awesome. And I see him, and I go over, give him a high five. He's there with his buddy who doesn't go to church here, which is, which is killer that he has friends that don't go to church here, because that's always someone that eventually could come to church here. I think that's great. So we're talking. I'm like, so what are you doing today? He's like, oh, we're doing this social experiment. We're doing this social experiment. I'm like, okay, tell me about this social experiment. What are you, what are you doing? And he's like, well, we saw this video on YouTube of you know, these people kind of bullying other people, and they did it in public just to see how people would react, like what people would do. And I'm like, wow, for a seventh grade kid, it's actually really smart. Like, I was pretty impressed. So they're doing the whole thing, and, uh, and then, you know, I come back out later, and they're still doing it, and they're like, well, how, how are you doing it? And like, no one's really stopping. And then he showed me, they're kind of like, one kid's pushing the other kid. And no one usually likes to get involved in, like, physical altercations. You never know how it's going to work out. So I gave him some advice, and Brittany, the psychologist, she gave him some advice of, of like, well, why don't you say this instead of, and why don't you try, you know, these words and, you know, super hurtful things, like things a bully would say. It's really hurtful stuff. And I was like, why don't you try that and see how it goes? 
kids, and we walk back to our car, and we're, you know, watching from the car, and they start doing it. He's, like, yelling at this kid in the face, and, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, he's totally doing it. And these people are walking in, and they actually stop, and they, like, look and watch, and they're like, what's going on here? And then I see him and his buddy stop what they were doing, walk over, shake these people's hands, and explain this whole, you know, experiment they've been doing. And I asked him, what's your hope in all of this? And he said, well, my hope is just, just to see if people are going to notice if people are going to take notice of, of what's happening right in front of them. You know, I think that is a killer hope. I hope people see what's right in front of their faces. You know, I think so much we miss during the holidays because we're focused on a lot of other stuff. Sometimes we get focused on presents. Sometimes we get focused on where we're going for the holidays and not who we're spending the holidays with. Sometimes we get focused on what we're going to get for ourselves instead of what we're going to get for others. You know, I was talking to a buddy of mine. Uh, he is my age. Now, think about this. He's my age, started an internet company right out of high school, and he's like a billionaire now. He is a bi not a billionaire with a B, tons of money. And you know what he said to me? And I've heard other rich people say this too, that it, with all the money they have, all the stuff they have, they can have really the best of anything. It always feels better to give than to get. And, and anyone can say that, you know, anyone, like, I, was, I grew up poor, and I, my mom always used to tell me that. It's easy to say that when you're poor, because you're not going to get stuff. So it better be better to give stuff, because you're not going to get stuff because you're poor. But for someone who's rich to say that, it carries a completely different level of feeling. Because it's like, no, no, they can get anything they want, and the person that can get almost anything they want, even they say it's better to give than to receive. You know, and my hope for you, maybe you're thinking, man, my hope is that I experience what Christmas really is about. And here's the thing, I think Christmas is a season of hope. So if you're taking notes, which you all be little note takers, Christmas is a season of hope. And you might think, well, how is Christmas a season of hope? Where do I really experience hope throughout my, my year, uh, maybe throughout my life, maybe the life I'm living right now, and even as we head further into Christmas? How is that really a time of hope? So I want to open up the Bible, and I want to learn something very quickly, because we have something else planned for today that's going to be incredible. But I don't want to miss Christmas being a time of hope. So if you have your Bible, open it up to the book of Mark, chapter 5, starting with verse 21. If you have a Bible and you're like, I don't know where Mark is, open up your table of contents. I use mine literally all the time. So don't worry about that. Table of contents it up for sure. It's the second book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark. Mark was observing all these things during Jesus' life. He was experiencing them, seeing them, and he says, you know what, I'm gonna, I want to write this stuff down. And that's what he did in the book of Mark. He wrote down all these things that happened. And there was one story in particular that made its way into the Bible. It is an incredible story, and we're going to walk through it very quickly. You're going to end up reading the, the rest of it, but we're going to walk through it. So if you have your notes, if you have your Bibles open, I'm going to start reading it. Keep listening. This is going to be awesome. Here we go. Chapter 5, Mark, chapter 5, verse, uh, starting with verse uh, 21. This is what it says. When Jesus, everyone knows who Jesus is, right? Maybe you don't. We'll talk about that later. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. So imagine Jesus getting out of the boat. He's there at the lake. Everyone sees him. Everyone's around him. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, Jesus is here. This is crazy. They all want his autograph. They want to get a selfie with Jesus. Like everyone's there. It's like drawing a crowd. It's a really big deal. Then one of the synagogue leaders, Jairus, came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded with him. My little daughter is dying. 
So she's not just sick. She doesn't have a cold. Like she's not like going to different doctors trying to figure out what's wrong. This dad knows what, and this breaks my heart because I'm going to have a kid. So like this is like real stuff. This dad, his daughter is dying. They know this. And he's like, he's running out of hope. Like he's pretty hopeless. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. So I want you to experience this real quick, okay? Because here's a couple notes you can take. This guy, Jairus, he was a religious leader. Like he, he, God was not a mystery to this guy. Chances are God is not a mystery to you. you even if you've been to church once or twice, you know, maybe you're, you come to church only on the holiday season times, it's not a mystery to you that there's a guy named Jesus. God's not a mystery. We talk about him all the time. He created everything. There's movies about God. They're coming out with a new movie, uh, what, Kings and, and some other thing, some other guy uh, with, with Batman's in it, okay? So, like, you know, they, they have a whole movie coming out about this. So we talk about God. God's a talk about God is on your dollar bill or on your coins. God's a thing that's talked about. So you guys kind of have an idea about God. This guy, he knew all about God. He prayed. He went to the temple. He probably did sacrifices. Like, he worked there. The same way I work at the church, he works at this temple. So he's gone to God before, presumably. He's prayed about his daughter. She's sick. Like, help get her well. Like, oh my gosh, I don't want her to die. God, please do something. Like, and he's hopeful that God's going to do something. Now, Jesus shows up, and he went and goes, finds Jesus, and says, Jesus, you got to come to my house, man. Like, I'm, I'm hopeless. I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what, what, you know, how to fix this. I, I can't control. You need to do something. Please come over to my house. Because here's the thing, hopeless people can always find hope in Jesus. If you've ever been hopeless about something, like, and I'm not talking about like a little hopeless, like say you've been hopeless about something. You know, I was talking to a student who's talking about being bullied in school, and I'm telling you, if you're getting bullied in school, let me first say that that's the worst thing in the world, and I'm really sorry for that. There's no excuse for it. It doesn't have a place. It, it, is, it is painful, and it is so true. Listen, he said that sometimes when he wakes up, the first thing he thinks about is that bully. He doesn't think about how much God loves him. He doesn't think about what he's going to have for breakfast. He doesn't think about how bad he smells. He's got to take a shower. He doesn't think about what he's going to wear. He doesn't think about that girl he wants to see at school or boy they want to see. He doesn't think about any of those things. First thing he thinks about is, I'm going to see that person today. You know, for someone who feels hopeless, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of options. See, here's the thing. Hopeless people find hope in Jesus because Jesus says, I want you to come find me and I have answers. You know, Jesus he, he agreed to go to this guy's house, this guy who was totally hopeless. You know, I, I don't know what it would be like for me if, if I was in a place like that and I was calling out to God. Like, I, I think I would do probably what this guy did. I would run and find Jesus and, and like, you got to come to my house and, like, you know, dragging him there. You know, then there's another part to this story. So there's a woman who gets involved. You know, this is what it says in the Bible. This is so good. You guys got to read this stuff. Uh, a large crowd formed and pressed around him. And, verse 25, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. So she was poor now. She had no more money. All that she had, yet instead of getting better, she got worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, this is important, write this down or underline it or do something. If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. So I want to unpack this real quick. I want you to experience what I'm experiencing. This woman, presumably, you know, maybe she went to temple all the time. Maybe she didn't. I'm not sure about that. But this is what we know for sure based on what the Bible says. She spent all of her money 
for years going to doctors. And it, it bleeding, she was like wounds like all over her arms and her legs, and, and they're just like bloody and kind of gross. And for 12 years, that's what she was living in. Who here is 13 years old? All right, so since you were one years old, you've been having like weird, blistery, bloody things everywhere. And listen, and you've been going to doctors and you've been talking to people and nothing's worked. So for this woman, this is a big opportunity. She saw Jesus walking and she thought, if only, if only I touch him, like if only I touch him, I'll, I can be healed. That's how hopeful she was. She wasn't worried about what people would think. She wasn't worried about what people would say. She was just concerned with, I don't have the answers, but I think this guy, Jesus, does have the answers. And I, gotta, I, gotta just, I just got to touch, just a little, listen, for hopeless people, they're always looking for hope. Hopeless people are always looking for hope. And sometimes they feel like it's out of reach. You know, I was talking to uh, another student, we just wrapped up Thanksgiving, and I'm not going to tell you who the student was, but, but, and you probably won't be able to guess, and I don't try and guess, but I want to tell you the story. He called me Thanksgiving Day, very upset. I said, what's going on? What's wrong? He's like, my dad canceled on me today. I was like, okay, explain that some more. And I know this student, I have a relationship with this student. His parents are divorced, they live in separate places, and his dad made plans to come over his house for Thanksgiving. And they were going to spend Thanksgiving together. And they were looking forward to it for weeks. And you know, he kind of made sure that they, they made his favorite dish for Thanksgiving. And, and they were ready. Like, he was excited. Uh, you know, he made sure that he was dressed just the way he wanted to be dressed. That things were kind of, you know, made sure his, his dad's favorite sports team game was TiVo so they could watch it together. Like, they had this whole plan. Day of, this dad canceled on him. Called and said, oh, I just can't do it. Sorry, I'm just too, too busy today. I'm sorry. I can't, can't make it. Now, see, that reminded me of something. It reminded me of when I was in junior high. Uh, I, my parents were divorced as well, and I made plans with my dad. And, you know, we were getting ready to get together. It was Father's Day. And we were getting ready to get together, and, and I had, you know, bought a gift for him, and I wrote in a card. And I didn't just sign my name on a card. Like, I actually, like, wrote a card. It was awesome. And I was so ready for him to come over. And he calls me day of and cancels. You know, that kind of hurt. That kind of... And if anyone's ever experienced hurt like that, it's not just like little hurt. Like it's, it's like a suffering hurt. Like it's like a pain that's like deep, like down inside of like your gut. And it's like, and you just don't know what to do about it. Like you, and, and you feel so hopeless because there's nothing that you can do to fix it. But you're hoping that like something will change. Something, something will fix what's happening. You know, that's what was going on with this woman. She was in a place of such suffering, of such hurt. That she was so hopeless. She was, she was just hoping for anything to fix this. Now, and imagine that. And, and she knew who Jesus was. She heard enough stories about Jesus. She knew Jesus. She knew all she had to do was have the faith to just reach out and touch his, his like, cloak, his shirt, you know, the thing he was wearing, and that she'd be healed. You know, for a hopeless person, they know that Jesus delivers hope. For the hopeless, Jesus delivers hope. And she found him, and she's reaching out to him, and she just knows all I got to do is just get a fingertip, on, and, just, I, and, and I'll be healed. I know it. And, 
If you know Jesus or if you've been hopeless before, you know that that's the kind of hope that comes from Jesus, that Jesus delivers that kind of hope, that kind of life-changing, this is the way it was, but this is the way it is now, everything's different kind of hope. If you know who Jesus is and you're like, man, I follow Jesus, uh, you know, I'm in a life group and we serve together and we do worship nights together, I'm in student leadership and, and, I, and I experience what it means to be a leader like Jesus because it's a group of students, you know, you know, following Jesus serving people and just doing stuff and they're doing stuff around here and other places and it's like man i know our church we're a church that loves people and cares for people that's why we did celebrate differently that's why families serve together if you know that jesus is like this life-changing everything can be different he can bring the hope kind of jesus then you know that this story is beautiful because you've experienced something like it and maybe you're looking at the story and you're like man i don't really know jesus you know, I feel hopeless. I don't, think, I don't think I've gotten hope. You know, here's the thing that's in common about both these stories. Both these stories had a moment where they went to Jesus, the guy who delivers hope. Like, all the things were happening, you know, the, the, the first guy's praying, he knows God. The second woman, she probably knows God too, but, you know, because of all the wounds and stuff, she wasn't welcomed into the temple. And then, you know, she's going to doctors and all these other people. But then the moment happens, they find Jesus, and you know what? They reach out to Jesus and they give an introduction of come and help change my life. Each one of those stories has that Jesus, we need you here kind of moment. Do we give that kind of moment? Like, do you, do you have that kind of faith that says when tough things are happening, I know that Jesus delivers hope, that he brings hope in the midst of chaos and pain and hurt? Are you inviting him in the way those guys were? Because those guys were inviting him in. They were saying, Jesus, come here and be a part of what's happening. Are we inviting Jesus in that same way? Are we saying, Jesus, come. Like this thing with my friends, like it's all broken. I don't know what to do. This thing with my family where all we do is argue. I don't know what to do. You know, this thing at school, like it's happening. I don't know what to do. You know, this thing that I just feel hopeless. I, every day I wake up and just like the guy I was talking about, he wakes up, the first thing he thinks about is that bully that he just doesn't want to see. And you feel hopeless. Do we have that kind of faith that says, Go and get Jesus and bring him in because Jesus, he delivers hope. That's who he is. That's what he's in the business of. So let me ask you this. This season, there's so much going on. Busyness and chaos and family stuff and presents and, and get-togethers, all these things that are distracting. Christmas, is it a season of hope for you? Or are you going to kind of keep going just through life and maybe it feels a little hopeless and you don't feel like there's options? Or is it a season where, yes, I'm going to say yes to Jesus coming in and, and changing stuff. Yes, I am hopeless and I need hope. And Jesus, he delivers hope. What kind of season is this going to be for you? You know, we're going to pray. And this is what I want you to think about. And this week, it gives you some ideas. The very bottom of your bulletin, because everyone's going to fold it up, put it in their pocket before they go. The very bottom, it gives you a try this during the week. Share a hope you have with a parent or friend. Very simple stuff. This is easy stuff. And we're going to pray real quick. And I'm going to pray, actually, the stuff that's right on here, the talk with God stuff. And then you guys, and maybe you're thinking, oh, praying is hard. I don't know how to do it. Well, I'm going to model for you how to do it. And then you get to go home, and you guys get to do it yourself, because connecting with God at home is awesome. So here we go. I'm going to pray, so pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you for being a God that cares about us. God, we pray for your hope for our family this holiday season. 
that we focus our attention on you. We focus on what you are asking us to do. God, you matter, and we thank you. And God, we pray for the friend that we haven't talked to in a while. Maybe things have been busy. Maybe we have had disagreements and we're fighting. Maybe we're not fighting. We just, just haven't talked in a while. I have a friend like that. His name is Ricky in Buffalo. I miss him. God, I pray for Ricky right now, that you're just caring for him and you're just giving him hope during the holiday season. God, thank you for listening. Amen. All right, guys. We are going to give an opportunity to our church right now, something they've never experienced before. I believe that people want the opportunity to do something significant. And I think a lot of people are sitting over there right now, all the adults, and they're thinking, man, I hope that Christmas, is, for me, is going to be a time where I get to do something significant with my life. Who wants to do something significant with their life? You guys want to do something? All right, listen. I believe adults want to do significant things with their life, too. So we, just like in the story that we got to go and take steps of action and for hope, we are going to do that same thing for our church. We're going to go and give them the opportunity to be part of something significant, which is the junior high ministry. It's awesome. So this is what you're going to do. I'm going to dismiss you by grade. You're going to go up here and get t-shirts, and then you're going to go to your little breakout group area, okay? When you get there, your leader is going to have a little card that you are going to nominate someone to serve in junior high. It's a very small card. It looks like this. And you're going to nominate someone that you think would be a great leader in junior high. This is easy stuff. It could be someone you know. It could be someone from church. It could be a parent. It could be someone else's parent. It could be a sibling. It could just be someone that you're like, you know what? I would like it if they were in junior high. I think that'd be great to have a fun leader like that. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to write it down. You can put your name or not. It's totally up to you. And then we're going to call them and we're going to tell them that they were nominated by a student to serve in junior high. And that is going to be more powerful than me just calling them and saying, hey, you want to serve in junior high? Junior high is awesome. They're going to be able to have a card that we call and say, hey, you know what? Someone nominated you to come serve in junior high. It's going to be awesome. So I'm going to dismiss you. And then you're going to go out around campus with your leader. It's going to be awesome. Don't worry about it. Sixth grade girls, where are you? Stand on up. Go over here, grab shirts. Quiet, quiet. We got to do this seamlessly. We got to do it seamlessly because we're already running a little behind. <clears throat> All right, sixth grade boys, stand on up. 